Good afternoon, everybody. This is Corey Hepler for the Crazy Monkey Inc. podcast. I have with me again Jared Gifford. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing really good. You know, it's uh, like we got a plethora of stuff to cover tonight, don't we? Yes, sir. One thing that we have that is exciting to announce: Cadence Lark is furious. Issue number one, written by Brian J. L. Glass, has hit its funding. And over for the Kickstarter. Oh yeah, we're uh, it's, well, it's, it's continually ticking up every day. I mean, I, th- I think we're actually last I checked, we were uh, we're clocking in near two thousand. Yes, we are. Um, it was just this morning that it was at one thousand twenty six dollars. Well, actually, and the goal was a thousand. Well, actually, it's, uh, it was uh, yesterday because it actually had ticked up to. 1080 by that night, and I think, and then, and then, uh, and then, uh, by the following morning, it ticked up to 1400, and I believe it's ticked up even more since then. That's what I'm saying. It's like, uh, and I had actually looked at there was a there was a website that would do projections, and um, these weren't exact estimates, but they were projections, and they and it was basically saying that if Cadence Lark of Fears continues to tick up the way it is. Yes. Like, is uh, um, that, that we actually may end up hitting at least 7,000 by the time this Kickstarter is pretty much finished. So, you know, that is a fantastic, fantastic goal. And I have to uh, kind of go back because when this Kickstarter started, I was like, okay, I want to see where this goes. You know, mm-hmm. Jared and I, we had talked about how famous um, Brian Jail Glass was, but when it started getting there, and by the end of the first day, it was at fifty-six percent. Well, I'll admit, I was, I was, I was really, uh, I mean, I was pleasantly surprised, mind you. Yes, I mean, I knew so it was I. I mean, I knew it was going to do well. I knew it was going to hit its goal. I, I knew that for sure. But wow, you know, to hit the goal. Within three days, within three days of just putting out that Kickstarter, I mean that's that's amazing, and 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 and, and what it said is it just makes me even more hopeful, and then I'm like, ah, see, this is awesome. But as I said, no, I I, I initially knew it was going to hit its goal. I had full faith in that, but just as much as it's been moving, I mean, it just it it you know it warms my black heart. <laughs> you do have a black one. <laughs> But, uh, but no, it's actually really awesome, and uh, and and, no, and and I'm so glad that I've that I've gotten to at least chat with uh, Brian Jail Glass, and and he's just a very good, humble, down to earth guy. Uh, he uh, he he knows how to write a good story. I mean, the thing is, it's like uh, a lot of his stuff, and this is the reason I like it is he's he's um uh and. You know, it's something I even carry on into my own stuff. Is it's very Shakespearean. Um, it's almost it's almost like uh, it's almost like if it, 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 I mean, not in terms of the dialogue, mind you, but uh, but more in terms of like the pathos and 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 sort of that epic story and, and feel. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like a, Brian Gel Glass's stuff to me is like that. I have an interjection. What I was just given a statistical number. By uh-huh. a very reputable source. Yeah. It has reached $1,573 by today. See, 
And it's, you know, but this is exactly with what I told you. I mean, it's it's constantly ticking up every single day. That's the whole thing. Is that you know? Um, is and that's what I'm saying. Is you know? No, I'm I'm really I, it's really awesome, and I'm really happy about it. Um, and uh, and and with that, like I said, and then Brian Gale Glass, just awesome guy, awesome creator, and and I'm so glad that that him and I got to sort of touch base. And, and uh, you know, and, and then he ended up joining the company because, I mean, the whole thing is like, uh, you know, and, and, and once again, I'm, I'm not trying to sound like an e- egotistical guy or anything, but, uh, but like, one of the things that had happened was, um, was when he was looking for a publisher, um, I had just simply suggested, it's like, oh, hey, why don't you try out Crazy Monkey Inc., you know, um, and uh, and and uh, and he went and he looked looked at everything uh, and and he told me that he kind of liked it and uh, anyway I told him I'd get him in touch with uh, with our publisher Raz yeah um, and uh, and then uh, and then I went and told Raz um, and uh, um, and then anyway um, him and Raz started negotiations and then uh, he liked the kind of deal that Raz was offering. Um, because, because, uh, as I've said before, we, we give, we give the creator a good deal here, is that, uh, they basically get to keep 100% of their creation, they get to keep all the merchandising rights, um, the only thing we ask is for basically a small percentage for overhead, and that's it. See, and that, in and of itself, is a pretty sweet deal. Oh, yeah, exactly. And, uh, and, 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 um, and, and also, um... The thing is, is that uh, that's what I'm saying. It's like, and then, and then I said, and then to top it all off, the guy's just a great guy, you know. I I went and talked with him, and then you know, you 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 get a little worried when you when you talk to somebody who's maybe a little bit famous that maybe this person's gonna turn out to be, you know, basically what most people think of celebrities, basically, you know, like oh, you know, they're gonna treat me awful, and they're just gonna be uh, a, a horrible sort of uh, you know dickhead or something. Yeah. Um. But uh, but no, he was not like that at all. I mean, the whole thing is is uh, Ryan Gale Glassy acknowledges his fans. He even he even talks to them. He'll answer their questions, and he is he's pretty much to me the exact opposite of the egotistical celebrity. Exactly, and I have posted quite a bit for his Kickstarter, and every time he's commented. On the Kickstarter post that I've put up for his comic, he's been nothing but humble, kind, fantastic, and he's just a down-to-earth person that you could talk to any time of the day, and you'd have an amazing intellectualized conversation with him and mm. I appreciate that. Oh yeah, but then but then he also it's not like he lacks enthusiasm because the thing is is yeah, he's also very professional but at the same time I've seen him get excited too and and, and but it's in a good way. If he gets excited, you know, he's like he's like this He's like this little kid that got his favorite toy. Exactly. <laughs> you know, um, but like I said, it's all in a good way. You know, because because he's he's he, you know you can just see that it's it's infectious um, when when he uh, when when he gets excited about something. It, it, it's kind of like when someone has an infectious laugh and you just can't help but laugh with them because it's such an amazing 
an infectious well, exactly. laugh. You're just like, oh, I gotta laugh with because this is an amazing and, person. And I think there's something to this science because you know a lot of people blow it up or whatnot. But here's the whole thing: is that I think the the a lot of the way that people tend to view things depends on uh, one big major factor is the company you keep. The whole thing is if you're with somebody who's got a lot of enthusiasm, <clears throat> you can't help but to have a lot of enthusiasm yourself. Exactly because if you're with people. And you have great ideas, and they're just kind of moldrum and melancholy, and they don't want to go anywhere in life, and they're just kind of, eh. Then you're going to eventually get that attitude where you're just like, well, I did care about this, but now I've been around this attitude so long that I don't give a damn anymore either. Mm -hmm. And that's not what this company's about. That's not what Crazy Monkey is about. No, no, no. The whole thing is, it's like, uh, I, like to th I, I like to think of us as... Um um, that that uh, we're like uh, we're like uh, like say uh, Disney in the early days. Yeah, know? when they were well, first like, starting up. Yeah, yeah, when we were a big creative hub. You know, when it was like basically you just had all sorts of great works just just getting pumped out of Disney all the freaking time, and 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 and, peop and people were happy there, and 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 it was kind of like this whole. Um, insular community. And you know, one thing I want to say about that is as the years go on with Crazy Monkey Inc., I for one, and I know you as well, and Raz, mm -hmm. and everybody else that are creators in Crazy Monkey Inc., mm -hmm. we don't want that flame to die. We want it to stay, even get more enthusiastic about making comics and bringing stuff out to the people that are like-minded creators and like-minded people that read comics. We want that flame to go even higher, to reach even more masses, so that people will realize this isn't just a comic we're bringing out. We're trying to connect with fans that maybe, say, someone's going through a hard time with depression. Maybe someone's mm -hmm. going through a hard time with suicide. Maybe their parents are broken up. Maybe there's something in their life that just sucks, and then they read yeah. one of our comics, and they're like, hey, you know what? That character went through it, and he did an amazing job. I can too. I completely agree with you because I, I actually am of the mind that if my stuff can help somebody out, yes. then obviously my stuff is important. I mean, a lot of people will basically go and say, oh, you can write this, but it's not going to be that important. I say if it's actually helping somebody out, if it's saying helping somebody to read, maybe helping them with the self-esteem, maybe even just... Uh, you know, maybe I'm just helping them to get away from reality. The whole point is, is it's serving a purpose and it's actually helping people out. You know, I mean, sometimes that's all people need is a release. Exactly. I'm going to touch on a comic that yeah. you and I love mm -hmm. by a lot. Yeah. And it was during a time in this superhero's life where he just, it was the end for him. He knew he was going to die, yet he helped anyway. When Superman developed cancer, ah, and yes. he knew that he was, it was at the bitter end, he was going to die, he found a woman that was going to jump off a building. She yes. was going to end her life, and he spent a good part amount of the pages in that comic talking her down, even though he knew he was going to die and this was the end for him, he, he wanted never made her it to about live. Him. He never made it about him. It was never a selfish thing, and he was totally about helping her, even in his last moments of desperation and wanting to, you know, be, uh, you know, he could have been selfish, but he wasn't. He helped her out, and that, to me, mm -hmm. writing a character 
that is at their lowest point but still willing to help someone else who's at a lower point than them, that's a character I want to write. That's a character I want people to connect with. That's the kind of character that I want people to read and be like, you know what? I don't have it so bad. Mm-hmm. And draw strength from that story. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, I completely agree with that. I mean, like I said, I mean, and I know the story you're talking about because that was an all-star Superman. Exactly. And, and that was written by Grant Morrison, who's actually one of, one of, one of the best creative writers these days. Exactly. Um, and um, the thing is, is that, yo, I love that. I love the fact that he had that in the story, that basically, you know, Superman had this deadly disease that was killing him. He, he, I mean, he was going to die in 24 hours, but he still took the time to talk a young girl off of jumping off this building because she felt like life had become hopeless. Exactly. And, and, and Superman basically let her know that it was never hopeless, that there was always someone there who needed her to be there. And it, you know, when I read that, you know, and I don't have a very ho- whole lot of amount of comics that do this to me. When I read that, I actually started crying because, you know, when you have a character that has that much character in them to want to help mm-hmm. someone, even knowing that they're going to be gone after that day is over, you know, that really says something about the person that's writing the character. Well, exactly. Well, it actually goes to show that's an enduring character as well because, uh, and I want to take this time to bring this up, because not a lot of people bring this up, and, and, and the thing is, I, I'll, I will full-on admit, most people, like, when they go and talk DC, they'll basically say that they're a Batman fan over a Superman fan. I have to say I'm on the exact opposite, is that, now, don't get me wrong, I like Batman, but to me, Superman was always a little better, because... I think that he that a lot of people always got the wrong idea about him. They always thought of him as this boy scout, this guy who um, basically was boring and and never and, and never had a lot of depth to him. Yeah, and that I always have, irritated the hell out of me. And, he's yeah. got a lot more depth to him than people give him credit for. Exactly, and this whole thing is, I just don't think they study him well enough, because there's the whole thing. If you go and look back through <laughs> Superman's past and all the iterations of him that have been written and drawn over the years, yeah. the thing is, the Superman is, no, not just a one-dimensional character. He actually does have many story arcs where he has to go through personal tragedies, and he actually has to struggle with himself and how we... and 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 how he deals with things from day to day. One of the things people seem to keep forgetting is he's an alien, so thereby he already has prejudice because of the fact that he's not from Earth. One of the things I can definitely say, and here's the whole thing, and this is not a political thing, this is something I think everybody can agree with, is that people can be dicks, okay? And here's the whole thing. If you're a little bit different, they're going to make fun of you for it. No matter, no matter what, the whole thing is you're going to get made fun of it for it if you're just considered a little bit ahead of the norm. And the whole thing is, is that you, I've seen plenty of stories, and I, and I can go back and, and touch on them, where that, that was what Superman had to, to, to deal with. One of the reasons why he tried to act as the stellar citizen was because then people wouldn't look at his heritage. They wouldn't look at the fact that he was an alien from another world and then basically try to run him out of town. You want to know... The biggest thing and theme that I got from Superman over the years is someone who's alienated. Someone who is different is bullied on a constant basis. However, however, 
they still, regardless mm-hmm. of the ridicule, the persecution, the hate, yeah. they still help out and they still rise above their own feelings of how they're being treated and they still help out regardless. They managed manage to actually be the better person exactly. by taking the higher road. And that's, that that's, says more about Superman and how exactly. he was drawn and his personality than I believe any other superhero that has ever been drawn well, or brought out. he was the first to actually be dubbed superhero. Because here's the funny thing. is like, yeah, they had heroes before Superman, but they were people that were a little bit more grounded and down to earth. They were, that, they were like your Flash Gordons and your Tarzans and whatnot. These were yeah. regular people thrown into extreme circumstances, but you didn't actually have anybody with superpowers. Yeah, they were Superman, heroes in their own right, what well, they yeah. were doing, but they weren't... He was, he was the first super-powered hero. Yeah. Hence why they called him Superman. Exactly. And, and it's so funny, so many people always get that wrong. They keep saying like, mm-hmm. uh, like it's some stupid German ideal Ubermensch thing, and no... If you look at, come on, Jerry Siegel and Joel Schuster's were two Jewish kids, okay? Yeah. You know, I mean, why are Jewish kids going to talk about the Ubermensch? I mean, come on. That that makes no sense. Nope. <laughs> um, the thing is, is that, no, what what they were saying was that what made him a, what made him super was not only his powers, but his heart. He was a guy that cared about the common person. Exactly. He, he didn't go out there and basically like, aha, I'm a tool for the establishment, or aha, I'm just going to defend the rich. He defended everybody. Yeah, it that didn't was, matter what class you were. It didn't yeah. matter what status you had in society. You could always count on him because he cared about you because you were human. Exactly. Not... not because of whatever freaking status or whatever uh, or anything that that didn't matter to him, he there was to him there was he didn't have any like loyalty to any political parties. He didn't have any loyalty to 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 any <coughs> any specific race. He didn't have any loyalty to all that. He just had a loyalty to to humanity. Exactly. His and only loyalty was to humanity. And <coughs> excuse me. The interesting thing about Superman that I absolutely adore is the fact that regardless of the romance with Lois Lane, which is, you know, throughout the years has grown. And no, yeah, whatever, yeah, it's had its ups and downs. He's always stayed truthful to the people. Regardless of what has happened in his life, regardless of the fact that he knows he'll never see his parents again, regardless of the fact of that he had to fight off these... The dozens yeah. of different aliens from uh, planet Krypton, he always, I, always fought yeah. for the people yeah. and not once ever thought, well, what am I going to get out of it? Oh, exactly. And, and uh, I actually want to take this opportunity because we actually do have somebody here with us, and I think he'll bring a unique perspective as well because um, he's, he's, uh, he's actually an old friend of ours. We've known him for years, and... Uh, and he actually is a, um, a reporter at St. George News, but uh, but he is also a big geek, big fan like the, like like all of us. And uh, and in fact, uh, he was uh, he was one of, he was one of the guys who helped spark this conversation uh, that we're actually having. Exactly. Now. Um, I want to introduce everybody, uh, Maury Kessler. Uh, welcome, Maury. Hello. Thanks for having me. Um, just kind of going back to the whole Batman versus Superman thing, I will admit I am more of a Batman fan. Mm-hmm. However, 
It also depends on the rider, the iteration, so on, whatever. They they change. Exactly. I'm a big fan of the 80, or excuse me, the 90s cartoon, uh, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, that, that one. Oh, yeah. Uh, that said, I think the thing is, it's easy to get Superman confused with just thinking he's unrelatable because he's basically God incarnate with all his powers. However, mm-hmm. consider, take them out of their their hero roles, and Superman has a few points above Batsy, or Bruce Wayne, who basically thinks of himself as Batman. Bruce Wayne is the disguise. Yeah. Um, Batman has never gotten over the death of his parents. It has been a driving force. He's never been able to get past. Yeah. If he was, motivation might change somewhat. Yeah. But that's just one, one thing. He kind of has like a... I don't know if psychosis would be the right word, but just <laughs> he's obsessed, and it is it does. Oh well, yeah, whatever. But, but, that, but that's touched on in several stories. Yeah, and just getting back on the main point, I <laughs> there's a group I attend in town. Supposedly helps me to become a better speaker called Toastmasters, mm-hmm. where we get to come up with topics of discussion every now and again, and one of the topics I somehow was able to share my opinion of Superman and Batman. And by converse and contrast situation. Yeah. Uh, again, I love the Batman character. Yeah. Self-made. Granted, he has money up the wazoo, which allows him to buy all those wonderful toys, as the <laughs> Joker said in the 89 movie. Yeah. But he also has great deep flaws. What, char- what good character doesn't, of course? Oh, yeah. He is a loner. Very much alone. He has the Bat family, granted. Mm-hmm. And there have been some recent changes in the current storyline in the Batman comics... Dude's looking like he's going to get married to Selena Kyle, finally. Mm-hmm. But how that turns out remains to be seen. For the most part, for most of his history, he has been a loner. He has done the job alone. Doesn't like to count on other people too much. Mm-hmm. Just from my impression of it. When it's needed, he will rely on other people when he has to, like Superman and so forth. They're best friends. Yeah. But we got to see what became of Superman's life in the Batman Beyond series. He was alone. Grumpy is all hell, great character that way, mm-hmm. but he was alone and didn't have anybody. Terry McGinnis comes along, helps him, supports him, great, but he was almost like a, just a sad, shriveled up shell of a man. Yeah. Look at, and look at Superman. Mm-hmm. He has adopted humanity. He is human in a lot of his traits. Mm-hmm. Granted, he can crush any human he comes across, but he puts those self-restrictions on himself uh, for the good of himself and everybody else. He has, takes, yeah, he has takes a great family life. Yeah. He is a family man. Mm-hmm. He has somehow been able to strike a balance between superhero work and family. Because mm-hmm. in the new comics the last couple of years, he has a son. Mm-hmm. Which I love the family aspect of it. It adds an interesting new blend to the character. Oh, yeah. I love the fact that they actually have um, sort of, in my opinion, furthered him that way. Because one of the big problems I see in comics is that... You know, they want characters to remain stagnant. And I kind of like it when they will advance the character. So, at the end of the day, I would have to give it to Superman, because he's the most human out of many superheroes, if not all superheroes, that have ever been created. (laughs) And he's an alien. Oh, yeah. Which is pretty funny. Batman is kind of a freak. Yeah. A survivalist, self-obsessed freak who's basically got an eight-year-old mindset trapped in the greatest detective mind on the planet, but still obsessed 
from one, he lost his parents, he's never been able to move that beyond that, and that trauma will continually hold him back until he gets over it. Superman deals a lot of crap. You have all the storylines, at one point he was even taken over by Darkseid and used to fight against his own people, and you can even look at all the weird, like the alternate reality stuff with, say, uh, Injustice League, Gods mm-hmm. Among Us, where he becomes, uh, well, he is the main bad guy and abuses his power everywhere. But main Superman, I guess hands down any day, most human, most relatable, and when you put the powers aside. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I had to give it to him. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I love that perspective. See, and that's why I think where people get a wrong perspective about him, they automatically just look at the powers. And then they're like, oh my gosh, I can't relate to this guy because he's too powerful. Yeah. But they don't look at the humanity of the character. If you look at the character with you know that's beyond all the powers... Then you're gonna go say, well, that is a well-rounded character. It's, it's not. It's not somebody about the power. And then, yeah, it's, you made a really excellent point. This is a guy who can crush you like a bug, but yet he doesn't. And that's because he respects humanity a lot more than to just do that. Because he sees the the potential of humanity. And the and the interesting thing that I'll throw in is the fact that he sees he treats humanity. A hell of a lot better than humanity treats him. Mm-hmm. And it, all of what humanity has done to Superman throughout the entirety of his life and his strain oh, yeah. has been unwarranted. Oh, yeah, there have been plenty of storylines that he does where his own governments try to turn against him yeah. because they just think he's too dangerous. Or Luther's in charge. Oh, yeah, or Luther's yeah. in charge. But once again, but, it's, but that still goes down to fear. Uh, Luthor. Hates him because he fears him. Yeah. <laughs> There's not an actual driving force from Luther other than the fact that A, he wants the power that he possesses, and B, he fears him yeah. because he knows he'll never beat him. And that's what yeah. drives his fear is the fact yeah. that he's still trying to find he ultimate ways to, to take down yeah. Superman so he can be yeah. better than him exactly. and basically, basically take up his mantle and get all the popularity and fame that Superman has. And in touching on Luther, I think there was a great line that will fit him in any incarnation. Mm-hmm. But this was out of uh, Superman Red Sun. Awesome story by, I believe it was Mark Wade. Yes. If you have not read it yet, go and pick it actually, up. You I won't think, regret it. The yeah. ending is awesome. Oh, and, and I totally agree um, with that, but I think that one was actually Mark Miller. It was one of the Marks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my my apologies would have, yeah. you know, where I screwed it up. Anyway, You're there's good. a last line in there where Luther is old, he's dying, and he tells this kid or whoever... I think it's one of his many grandchildren, that it was all about beating the alien to prove that humanity was better. Which is kind of ironic. You have a person who's an alien who embodies all the best traits of humanity, and yet this guy wants to beat him so humanity can prove it's superior to the alien. Yeah. It, well, it's kind of an you got that one of those conundrum there. things going on there. <laughs> well, no, it's kind of a cool little parallel there. But, and then, it, but interestingly enough, uh, and, and I love the fact that you touched on that story, because. but then what also ended up happening was that you know it went through this futuristic timeline where years and years and years passed, and then... Don't give away the ending. That's true. For those, for those who don't want spoilers, I'll try not to give it away too much. But um, to... To basically tell you kind of my point without ruining everything for you, just remember that life goes in a circle, and this comic has a. Uh, you've you've got some Back to the Future stuff going on. Exactly. Which probably gives enough of it away already. Pretty much. <laughs> okay. But yes, good twist ending. Uh, definitely check that out. <laughs> exactly. Um, aside from that, 
you've got Superman who does inspire, especially in the mm-hmm. the story where he's got too much of the solar power going on. Like I said, causes <laughs> him to. Oh, yeah. He's an overcharged battery, which is finally melting down. Pretty damn much. Uh, what are other stories or characters that have inspired you to to do better, helping you got through some crazy times? Um. Well, let's see. For me, I'd actually have to say that. Uh, um, for me, it was uh, it was both a combination of some comics and some manga that I read. Um, one was actually hilariously enough, definitely Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, because I actually had read the original black and white comic book run that Kevin Eastman, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird had done, um, and uh, and I totally loved that because uh, that that one you kind of have this whole like even though they had sort of the ninja mysticism and everything. Um, it was it was like sci-fi meets ninja movies, but then you didn't have these characters that were just one-dimensional. They were actually very they were actually very uh, colorful characters. They all had their own separate personalities, um, and uh, and that was one I'd have to say. And one of the others was uh, was um, was an anime which led me to the manga, and this has been very influential in my work, was I really love a lot of the stuff by Leiji Masamoto. Yeah. Especially the Captain Harlock stuff. Um, Captain Harlock was something that really inspired me to actually take up a lot of stories. Um, but uh, uh, what about yours, Corey? <clears throat> what was the question again? Well, no, what are comic book characters that have inspired you? Or storylines. Or storylines. Or storylines. Um... Yeah, characters and storylines. It does not have to be limited to comics. Yeah. Okay, so it can just be like anything. Or popular media. Okay. Um, I don't know if a whole lot of people know this, but the very first comic that I ever read, it wasn't from DC or Marvel. It was actually my dad had handed me a comic of the Archie series. <sighs> and I saw, how, I saw how the writer and the creator... Um, basically, he hit every key point with every personality that, like, Jughead, Veronica, Betty, mm-hmm. and Archie had. And they were the quintessential teens that every teen in that era were going through. And what happened oh, is yeah. there was a personality for each teen in that comic series that the teens at that time... Could connect with. Oh, see, and I love that because I love how you touched on that because yeah, they had like a character with each different personality. You had like, you had like Archie, who was kind of like the um, the popular guy, the yeah. the, the jock guy. Um, you had uh, Betty and Veronica, who were always fighting over who got to have Archie. Um, you always got you had Jughead, who was I mean, <clears throat> I mean, come on, we all have that friend. Jughead was the guy who ate all the time. We all have that one friend who always has food in front of him. <laughs> and the funny thing was... Stop looking at me. <laughs> I, I honestly thought when I started reading Archie, and this was back when I was eight years old, okay? Back when I was eight years old, I honestly thought that he just loved food. Yeah. That, that, that he was just like, dude, I can't get enough food. But I looked at the character, <clears throat> and I realized... That the reason that Jughead eats so much, mm-hmm. and I don't know if people realize this, but the take on it that I got is because he's trying to fill a void. He, it, he's, he's eating out of depression, not because he's hungry. Exactly. And the funny thing that I got from his character is that even though he has these great friends around him and they have the most fantastic time in the world, he's kind of like Eeyore. 
He's just he just doesn't know how to fit in, and so he cracks jokes and he makes fun of himself and he tries to screw around just so he can find some type of normalcy within the group. But as a whole, he is a very depressed person and individual, and、mm-hmm. that really rang true to me because at the time when I was reading it, I didn't feel like I had anybody I could turn to, and I had tons of friends.、Mm-hmm. Well, and, and you know, and depression can be like that because I mean, I've wrestled with depression myself,、um, and I know many others who've wrestled with depression, and 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 it's sad. It's like、uh, you know,、um, you can have these great, wonderful, loving people around you, but still feel like you're completely alone in the room. Exactly. And with that, the reason I bring that up is because I know we don't normally do this on this podcast, but I recently had something happen. To me,、um, from a past student, I'm not going to name their names because that's just、uh, that would defame what happened. They took their life about a week ago, and I got a message about it、um, probably around you know six hours after the fact、mm-hmm. from their dad, and <clears throat> it's the same thing. They were like Jughead. They had all the friends in the world. They seemed happy as hell, but inside they were hollow. And、um, just like Jughead, they would eat to fill a void. What happened is they were suffering bulimia.、Mm-hmm. They were going through sh- extreme bouts of bulimia. And one day they just decided they didn't want to do it anymore, so they just took a shitload of pills and they just flatlined. In their room, and and that's that's actually pretty tragic, and、uh, and it's sad, but but yeah, but it is true, but it's true exactly what you said. I mean,、uh, but it goes to the heart of what we were just talking about. You know, it just goes to show that yeah, you can have many people who love and support you, but then sometimes, sometimes you just feel <coughs> like you're still alone. You can have many people around you, but feel like you're alone in the room. Yeah, and the reason I bring up this story, and I re- the reason I bring up Jughead, is because. You don't have to feel alone. You don't have to feel like you have to battle these feelings and these demons alone. There are people around you, and there are friends and family that do care for you. I don't normally do this on this podcast, but I would urge anybody who is going through bouts of depression or bouts of not feeling like they matter in the world. There are even comics with characters who are going through the same exact thing that you go through. And they are drawn in a way to show you that there is life beyond depression. There is a way through it. So, in a way, in this podcast, I'd like to urge anybody who is thinking of these kind of awful things to maybe pick up a comic or research characters who go through depression in the comics and see how they get through it. And 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 then, and then you know, just talk to somebody too. Sometimes, sometimes, just. You know, getting it out there can help, but the whole thing is is do something,、uh, reach out to somebody,、um, maybe find something that helps you take your mind off things. You know, as you said, like a comic book, a movie, or something.、Um, but find something to hold on to. Now, I was given、um, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. Number and I'm going to、oh, say please, it. Please say that to our audience members.、Uh, what the hell? Sorry, something screwed up on the phone. I had the number a second to get there. No, you're good. Okay. 
Um, it is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255 for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. And they also have an online chat as well. I have had way too many people in my life, friends and otherwise, who have committed suicide because they didn't think that anybody gave a shit. Uh, well, and please, I, and I urge people to call this hotline, talk to people. They have a very good staff there. They will talk you through these situations. They will help you. Uh, they, they, they will help help you through it. And, and I said, please, you know, please just. Just if you can, just reach out to somebody. You know, it's never completely hopeless. This took took an interesting turn, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. But but to get but to get back onto well, maybe a uh, maybe to get back onto a note. And Blaise said, I still urge people, please call the suicide hotline. Um, I fully endorse that. Um, yeah, but but to get back onto the subject. Well, there's account, something I'd like to add. What's that? Um, most people who know me know by now there was a point where I nearly did put a gun to my head. Um, this is about four years ago. Things were not great. And I completely understand when someone says they can see a final solution to suicide and excuse language, but as the biggest fuck you to the world. Yeah. And fortunately for me, when those thoughts came around, I was able to somehow snap out of them because I remembered there were people who cared about me and that I was able to talk to, and I think that's not something a lot of people realize, so definitely call the number. If For whatever reason you don't feel like calling the hotline, call just someone you know you can talk to that's not going to judge you. It can be that friend, <clears throat> family member, hell, call 911 if you have to, something. Because I've seen a person at work that we, we lost someone a couple years ago, and I did not see the influence this guy had until I was at his funeral. Funny guy. Hilarious family man, awesome guy, and I didn't know him until after he was dead. <clears throat> I don't like it when that happens. Don't get to the point where the only way people around you really get to know you is until after you're six feet under. Life is too short and too precious for that. Share who you are now while you can, and not when you're in a box in the ground. This and I and I definitely concur with the, with with that. Uh, as I said, you know, please reach out to somebody. Um, and uh, do but but basically go back on your point what you were saying about Jughead. So yeah. so would you say that Jughead was was your influential character in that series? Jughead um, at the time <clears throat> was someone that had helped me through my depression and my suicidal um, ideation and tendencies. So you saw yourself in him exactly, and I really loved the fact that when you dig deep into a character. Um, like say, I'll say Darren, for instance, oh, thank he you. got his family, um, un unequivocally taken from him because people, uh, were greedy and they wanted everything. And <clears throat> through the series, money and he, power, money and power, he's learning to cope with, you know, Basically, the loss of his his loved one, his father, and also he's also learning how to cope with the fact that you know he he wasn't a failure to his dad. He thinks this for such a long time that it was a failure mm -hmm. to you know his father, and then he finally has to come to the conclusion that you know what he's doing the damnedest that he can 
and that his father would be proud of him and for the man that he became and the crew that he mans. But uh, I want to, and I can add to that um, uh, because the fact that, <clears throat> but he's always constantly struggling with it. That's, exactly. That's 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 the kind of thing I've tried to interject uh, into the character. Um, it, it, um, or at least inject into the character is that um, is that basically um, he it's like you know you have this constant disconnect between the head and the heart. Yeah. Whole thing is logically he knows that that he was not responsible <coughs> for his father's death, but yet emotionally he can't forgive himself. Yeah. And and that's a constant struggle he's going to have throughout the entire comic book series. Um, and that's actually part of the journey. Part of the journey is basically his coming to grips with the fact that he has to accept the fact that his father's death was not his fault, which he's going to constantly struggle with throughout the entire comic book series. Exactly. Now, um, to segue out of this, because I don't want to have this... Continually on this subject, there is another comic book that's going to be coming out soon that um, the cover is being done right now by Mike Montalvo, my comic, Sexy Zombie Hunters, that's become, going to be coming out of Nerdanatics um, <clears throat> within the late summer, early fall, that you'll be able to find that, and I will tell you the link in the next podcast we do. That deals with uh, zombies and the end of the world, and there's these six... Zombies and the sexy hunters that go after them? Exactly, pretty much. And there's these <laughs> there's these six yeah, baby. gorgeously sexy women that I basically have written, <laughs> and they go after these zombies, and the premise behind it, and it's really, really funny because I originally decided, okay... I want to do a graphic novel with this, and that's going to be the fucking end of it. <laughs> and I was like, I'm just going to do this. It's only going to be 60 pages because fuck it. Why the hell not? But then I started thinking, you know, I could put them in some crazy-ass scenarios. And so I've got this I've got this comic that's going to be at least 20 issues long. And, the, and I'm just going to give some spoilers because I love spoilers. They're going to be running into um, Irish zombies... With kilts, they're going to be running in with <laughs> samurai zombies with swords. They're going to be going against Viking zombies. They're going to be going against Russian zombies. Space zombies? Uh, maybe. I don't fucking know, possibly, because <laughs> it is set in the future. Oh, yes, yeah, so why not? So, but once again, I love the fact that you, that you say that you want to just go on to go crazy with this. Yeah. But that's, but that's great, because that's what I'm saying. It's like, and I always tell people this, and this is actually one thing where a lot of people are like, I can't do that. That That's a, you know, I can't use that concept. And it's like, listen, if people can go into a boardroom and say, let's make a movie about sharks and tornadoes, then uh, you can pretty much make oh. anything. Yeah, four fucking movies later. Hello. Yeah, five. Oh, five. My bad. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I was fucking surprised too. The fact that they made no. the fact that they made no. one was just like you're really reaching for some for some either comedy or you're reaching to the barrel because you got nothing left. I'm yeah. on the ladder myself. <laughs> and well, so yeah. when the when these issues come out, you're gonna see him basically fighting in different ridiculous funny scenarios. And there's always going to be a cliffhanger at the end of every issue. Uh, touching, and, touching on that, I actually want to, uh, I actually want to reveal because I love the fact that you revealed a new project you're going to be coming out with. And, yeah. Um, 
I can say I just finished a script. Yes. Uh, and I and I sent it into Reyes just the Are other day. Are you talking about the one that? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, oh, okay. All right. Um, I don't want to give the I don't want to give the full reveal until I've actually got something to promote. But what I will say this is it's my spoof take on the barbarian genre. Exactly. Um, and I believe you and I had like had like some crazy ass conversation. Like it was a cup. It was about a month ago, and yeah. you thought. Hey, we could make this an actual graphic novel comic, and you just fucking ran with it. And I was like, "See ya!" Oh yeah. <laughs> when you're done, let me know. Well, that's what's so funny. It's so funny what creative ideas can come out of a simple conversation. Because the funny thing is, I remember, no, you and I were just, you and I were just dicking around, and, and the, the, we weren't the, even being serious. We were just yeah. joking around, thinking, "Hey, uh, what, what about the, if this what, shit?" What are the most insane titles we can come up with? <clears throat> and then, and, the, and I remember that's what the, you and I both came up with. Was, Death Unicorn Slayer of Bunnies. Okay, sorry, I just gave away the name of the title. You're good, but yeah, but but once again, I'm not going to reveal too much about what it's about. But the whole thing is, is I can definitely tell you it's a spoof take on the barbarian genre, and that's what and that's pretty much that's how the conversation started. We were like, we were just throwing out ridiculous names all over the place, and then we were finally touched on that one, and they're like, yep. That's it. That that's that's a comic title. I'm gonna now start working on an origin story. And it was so oh, funny because <laughs> every weekend Jared would announce, "I've got a couple more pages done," and I'm like, "Of what?" And he's like, "Death Unicorn." And I'm like, "You're really doing that?" <laughs> and he's like, "Of course I'm doing it, you dumbass." <laughs> well, have you known him not to do something he's thinking about? Well, yeah, but like we were just fucking around, and then he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm really gonna do that." And so every weekend he's like, "I've got four to six pages done," and I'm like, "He's really and doing you were this surprised." Shit. <laughs> well, kind of. You've known him for how long? Well, I mean, give me some fucking credit. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably be the same way. But here's the thing. I am extremely proud of Jared because not only has he run with it, I've read a good amount of this script. Not only is it funny, not only is it original, not only is it fucking hilarious as balls, it is one of the greatest graphic novels I've never held in my hand. <laughs> and it will bring world peace. The fighting in the Middle East will end and the ocean levels will rise. And it's going to come out within probably next year because we've got a slate of projects that have to come out this year that got to yeah. get taken care of. But by next year, this should be coming out. So I'm yeah. going to say the title again, Death Unicorn Slayer of Bunnies. Funny-ass comic, funny-ass script. From a funny-ass guy, <laughs> if you don't fucking pick it up when it comes out, I'm going to be angry. <laughs> but yes, and that's what I'm saying. And, then, uh, and, and that's great, but that's what I'm saying. I love that because, I mean, because, yeah, you've got you've got a hilarious concept coming out. I've got a hilarious concept coming out. And, 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 and that's actually great. But I actually want to segue now because like, we didn't get a chance to touch on this earlier. Okay. But uh, but no, this is good. And, um, and and we are still in the middle of the Monsters on the Run number two Kickstarter. Yes. And uh, it's done by <coughs> Mark Swan. Once again, if you don't know who Mark Swan is and, you, and this is the first time catching the podcast, Mark Swan is a person who's been in the animation field since the late 70s. This is kind of like a refresher for people who either know or people who don't know. Yeah. This is a guy who has basically shaped and made your childhood in Disney movies within yeah. decades. 
Oh yeah, I mean, once again, I'm I'm gonna go over his portfolio. I mean, uh, I mean, this guy he's done he's done Thunder of the Barbarian. He's he done he he's done many movies for Don Blue Studios, uh, many movies for Disney, many movies for Warner Brothers. I mean, the dude has worked in animation in almost every major studio. And the thing is, is that really, when you pick up Monsters on the Run, the whole thing is, you know, and I've read number one, and I'm totally stoked that number two is coming out, and number two, it's like, uh, you know, it's just a continuation of it, but um, but to let you know what Monsters on the Run is about, it's pretty much, it, it it's, you have these, uh, you, you have these, uh, these, these characters who are basically, they, like, uh, um, they're the classic monsters that you know about. You know, you get your, your your vampires and your Frankenstein's and your mad scientists and whatnot and your werewolves. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> they've all been living on this island because mankind has sort of driven them off. And uh, and anyway, but they've been living there peacefully. And what happens is shortly after the conclusion of World War II, what happens is you get this uh, um, you, you you get this sort of evil sorcerer named Crumb. And uh, he's like trying to build this army. What better way to build an army than with an army of monsters? Exactly. And so he basically decides he's going to go and and, and capture these monsters and, and make them part of his army. And uh, anyway, what, uh, the, throughout the course of the story, and 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 uh, the thing is, Mark's already touched on this himself. So I feel confident in giving this away because he's given it away. Exactly. Is that. Um, uh, throughout the course of the story, the way it's going to run, uh, <clears throat> from what I remember him saying, was that basically all the monsters are going to get separated. Like the the parents and the children, they kind of get separated. And throughout the course of this entire Monsters on the Run comic book series, it's basically about them getting back together and and being a family again. That's cool. Oh yeah, and well, basically it goes well. It's 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 a very classic story. It's like once again, that's how you know this guy worked on our childhood. Many stories in our childhood were like that. Land Before Time. Perfect yeah, example. Yeah, Land Before Time. And he worked on that. Exactly. It's, another perfect example. An American Tale. Remember, he had separated from his family, and the whole movie is about him finding them. And, they, and uh, essentially, Monsters on the Run is that trope of being separated from the ones you love and going through these hardships and these trials and these tribulations to finally get back to the ones that you were yeah. separated from. You forgot to give the spoiler alert on American Tale and Land Before Time. Oh. Which well, is, if you haven't seen them by now, why the hell not? Well, no, once again, no, no. If you haven't, if you haven't treated yourself to these movies yet, listen, you're going to get a spoiler too bad. <laughs> it's been how many years? Yeah, yeah. yeah you you had your shot. How you long had your have, shot. How long have these films been out? <laughs> Come on! Yeah, you've had you've had your shot. Good uh, heavens. But, but pretty much, but, but pretty much in all these things, um, you know, uh, well... One thing I'd say that separates Land Before Time from an American Tale is an American Tale, Five gets separated from his family uh, via uh, via a storm on, on a ship, um, but but nobody dies. Um, Land Before Time, um, he uh, like little hard me. I know what it is. Well, well, you're gonna be okay. No. Well, interestingly <laughs> enough, I was actually reading up an interview with Mark Swan, and and here's the whole thing. Do you know what Steven Spielberg's pitch for uh, Land Before Time was? Well, it sure wasn't Jurassic Park. Well, no, no, no. His pitch for that was he wanted Bambi with dinosaurs. And he did amazingly well. Yeah, yeah. But that's the whole point. But yeah, because like in the course of it, you, you notice like Littlefoot loses his mother. Yeah. Um... 
and uh, and basically he's alone. The only people he has is these friends that he meets along the way. And tree stars. Yes. Well, and then his grandparents when he finally makes it to the Great Valley. But through the course of this journey, through the course of this journey, I mean, at first, at first he's alone. Yeah. But then he slowly gains sort of like what you would call a new family. Right. And I'll always see the Triceratops as a little bitch. <laughs> anyway... Just uh, moving on. <laughs> well, yeah, but uh, but uh, but true. Uh, but anyway, but back to like Mark's one everything. Yeah, this this dude's worked on your childhood. Awesome guy. Awesome comic book series. Please support the Kickstarter. We've still got ten days left. We're one hundred and ninety nine dollars away from our goal. Please make this a reality. This is awesome. And once again, I want to. Uh, reiterate with people, we are not using the Kickstarter model to fund the book. We have the money to fund the book. These Kickstarters are to pay for distribution. And so that when you order our books, you do not have to worry about things like shipping and handling fees and things like that. Yeah, that's taken care of. Yeah, basically, basically you are paying... You are paying the price that's on the comic book. Exactly. And that is exactly what you get. Yeah. The, the pre-order model is essentially we're gaining the money so that we can ship these out to the people that have ordered the comic. That's essentially what the pre-order model for the Kickstarter is about. Get, we want to get them all across the country. Exactly. The only thing is, it's like, we, we don't want to just, we don't want to just like, hey, we're going to ship to this town or this town. No, we want it to be open for everybody. This is for masses. Yes, this is for everyone. And then, once again, one cool thing about also ordering Kickstarter, we have tiers. So the whole thing incentives. is... Incentives. Yeah, the whole thing is, and so <clears throat> however much you want to pay, remember, the more goodies you're going to get. Exactly. You say you pay $10. Not only do you get the comic, but you also get a PDF version of it, and maybe you get a signed poster by the artist. Just say yeah. you want to do like 30 50 100 whatever the tiers are. There's more goodies for yeah. every tier. Isn't one of them like a centerfold of Jared? <laughs> that, would run, that would get people to run away. No, that's why we don't run that Kickstarter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That one's since been defunded (laughs) ten times over because of reasons. Well, hey, hey, listen. (laughs) I can get my Tim Curry outfit. No. No. (laughs) You're not doing the time warp ever or again. (laughs) It's not happening. No. (laughs) Nor do we need to see you looking like it. <laughs> I kiss me, fat boy. <laughs> anyway, that's awesome. But but either way, I want to reiterate: please, um, uh, uh, please, uh, please go on to Kickstarter. Help support Monsters on the Run number two. It's totally worth it. Totally an awesome book. And as I said, reading through it, and I am not lying, reading through it is like it's like opening up a piece of your childhood. You read that and you're reading your childhood, I guarantee it. And I have a special goodie for everybody who's listening. Kickstarter is actually an app you can get on your phones for either iPhone or Android. You go to the App Store, it's perfectly free. It's a big fat K, it says Kickstarter. You click it. Instantly get it on your phone. You can click on that app and you can follow all of our Kickstarters from the very beginning of the conception to the very end. You can pledge as much or as little as you want. You can see what the tiers are, what you're going to get with each tier day by day. Get the app. It's totally free. Follow us on all of our Kickstarters. 
and you will get daily updates not only through the Kickstarter, but if you want to follow us on Facebook, it's Crazy Monkey Inc. If you want to see what's going on with everything else the comics we've got come out, right now it's www.crazymonkeyinc.com. We have an all-ages line, and we have a mature line on the website right now. And what's nice about that is we have creators who are making comics that your children can read. Okay. And we've also got comics for the adults who, you know, want a little naughtiness in them. Okay, well, I like to say this. I like to say this, and this encompasses everything, is that we have something for everybody. Exactly. And that is one thing, one huge thing that Crazy Monkey Inc. has to offer to the comic reader and the comic fan. We've got something for the kiddies. We've got something for the adults. And, you know... All of our comics well, even, are amazing. Well, and even for people who are fans of different genres, because we've got science fiction, we've got gritty urban action, we've got mean, horror. We got yeah, we've got horror. We've got comedy. We've, as I said, we've got something for everybody. We've got superheroes. Yeah, we even got that with five star. Five star. Five star. Yeah, and, and both kickstarters of that have been successful. We got vigilantes with yeah. Midnight's Avenger. As I said, well, the, well, that went with the gritty urban, but I know what you're talking about. But yeah. yeah, but but either way, the whole point is is right there. I've just we, you know we've just proven it. The whole thing is is that as I said, there's something for everybody. So if one genre is not your is, is not your cup of tea, there's sure to be a genre that you'll like in there. Exactly. So as we close the end of this podcast, I want to thank all the listeners who have listened to this podcast from the beginning to now. You're what's making this podcast possible. Oh, exactly. Uh, one thing I want to interject in there, um, just because I'm glad we had him here. Yeah. I want to thank Maury Kessler for taking his time to join us on this podcast and share his thoughts. Well, thanks for having me. And is there anything else that we need to touch on for future projects? Anything that you can think of before um, we close this? Not anything that we haven't covered in the last podcast or okay. maybe the podcast before. Once again, uh, I will reiterate this point. We are going to have our first digital, uh, digital, digital only, uh, or uh, well, basically a web comic. We're going to have our first web comic on Crazy Monkey Inc., which will be right on the site. Um, God, I keep forgetting him. I'm so sorry, Jimmy Cruz. Um, well, no, I but, believe that's what but his no, name no, is. no. That, that's the name of the creator. Yeah, but but the name of his title is Blood Something. I, uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so sorry. No, we'll, we'll figure it out. I'm so sorry. Please, listeners, forgive me. Um, my memory is not so good. But all I can tell you is it's definitely worth it. It's awesome. Uh, another really great dark, gritty urban vigilante comic. You'll love it. It's it's great. Uh, if you love the stuff that Raz has been doing with Midnight's Avenger and even Death Squad Zero, you will love the web comic we have coming up on our website. And uh, and then also um, I'll remind people that uh, that, that also <coughs> in July we will have the Darum Number Four Kickstarter. Yes. Yeah, and you know, and you know. I've, I'm not going to give away the plot on Darren Number 4, but I will tell you one of the cool reasons to support this comic book is that every great story has a prison break. Exactly. And Number 4 is going to have a prison break. 
All right. With that being said, Maury, Jared, thank you for being on the podcast. You guys are amazing. Thank you. As always, be awesome to each other. Lift each other up. Do what you can to make someone's day a little bit brighter. And we will see you on the next podcast. Have a fantastic night, everybody.